Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Inchain podcast. Today I have Peter with me. Peter currently works at Meta Cartel and 1KX and today we are going to talk about how his journey has been with Meta Cartel and he recently joined 1KX um and how how he is looking at the space currently, exciting projects and overall uh, thesis that he has for investing in in crypto currently. <laughs> so, um Peter can you start off by actually how uh you started off with meta cartel and what are some interesting um or or what what's basically the thesis for meta cartel right now right ah, thesis ah, yes you know got to got to sound smart right um but yeah so i guess most people don't know the origin story of meta cartel i've told it a few you know kin there and you know cross places but you know i'll start with you know why meta cartel in terms of the name right meta So Medicartel was basically a technical working group that emerged, you know, mid to late 2018. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't like mid to late 2018 around uh this thing called Medicare transactions, right? And for those who don't know, Medicare transactions are basically transactions that a user conducts that, you know, the where the gas is, you know, I guess, uh sponsored by uh a third party, right? This may be a dapp developer or like, you know, um their own, you know, uh accounts, right? So this was really like Medicartel was really really just an open source working group trying to figure out firstly like how do you standardize like the execution of these medicines actions on contract level and like you know how do we actually build a decentralized you know relay network to decentralize the execution of these medicines actions right and you know that was really the genesis right we kind of like had a first meeting at ETH Berlin the first ever ETH Berlin right well there's only been two so but you know like you know the first one and and then i guess we created an online working group known as like medical uh, the not medical so yeah but it was like just the meta transactions meta tx working group right shortly after the you know eferlin uh, blockchain week with a cool week. hat right with a cool hat logo no yeah okay so like the origin of that like the dancing chili and like the you know the shaking maracas and the cool hat right really came maybe a month after the working group formed so this was like you know september you know um you know like 2018 and you know we were trying to work on these different technical problems right and i guess that in the in, in a couple of weeks we had like you know eve san francisco in october or like october that year right so we kind of um we had online working groups and then we decided to meet up again and like hack and stuff and solve these problems and, and discuss these problems right in eve in san francisco like um in early october and during like the malaise and you know the degradation of like that like uh, of like uh, of a hackathon right that you know we we thought it would be funny to have like a funny logo for our working group right and by then i think like online we we basically voted in our name which is medicartel right so like we didn't want to call ourselves like a, t- a research working group so we were like you know what's a fun name that like it's like cute and funny and like kind of a meme and you know had different ones right and like uh medicartel was kind of voted it to the top as the working group name so and i guess the idea of the name is just like we were working medical transactions not no one else were working medical transactions so technically we were like the cartel for medical transactions so you know naturally put them together and yeah and i guess maria polo a uh, funny story she you know we were hanging out with um true harding another super early medicartel member and frankie agla uh you know he's like uh, illustrated dapper and now like with spanking right like he we, you know maria polo is basically just like 
directed him to draw a logo, like a Dan Sotillion, like I wanted to have like this tattoo, I wanted to have like a Shaking Maracas, you know, I wanted to have this hat. And he, you know, Frankie being the boss illustrator he is, he really just like illustrated it out real quickly, like 10 seconds, right? And was like, this is what I have. And we were like, he's like, do you want to have it? It's like, fuck yes. You know, and you know, I guess the Dancing Chili uh, meme was born pretty much out of like, a very, it was pretty random, you know, but the group felt like it was a funny thing and like, why not? We're a research group, so, you know, might as well spice it up, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and how, how did it go from there? Like, um, I think you were talking about like, what's the current state of uh, building the decentralized relay infrastructure? I think gas station, it was one such project, right? That was working on this. Um. So the whole Metacultural group, like, you know, yeah, like it worked on like the standardizing the contract functions, but also worked on the decentralized relay network. It basically didn't really solve the problem very, like we, we try to solve it all the way, most of the year until like DevCon, right? And uh, we were like, we didn't, we didn't really go anywhere, to be honest. It, it was just like, a, it was like 20, 30 people in the room, like trying to solve a problem that really didn't get there. Um, you know, and I guess the funny thing was like at the end of DevCon, literally like at 5 p.m. the last day of DevCon, right? Um, you know, I think Alex Vanderson met these guys from a team called Tabuki, called, and they were like, you know, Yoav and like Liraz, right, from Tabuki. And they were basically building like decentralized, you know, cybersecurity, right? And they needed to solve the meta transactions problems themselves too. And when I, when we met up with them at the, like literally the, at the end of DevCon, they basically TLDR told us like uh, explained how they would solve the collision problem, which is like where you needed a random oracle, right, uh, from uh, decentralized relays. Basically, it's like you know uh, we had like to build a centralized uh, meta transaction relay, uh, like execute it's really easy. So server executing transactions, right? But like, how do you do, get a network of these? And the idea was like. How do you distribute the transactions to like which one should execute which, right? Um, so like this was a problem, and they basically just like flipped the model we were thinking on its head, and was like, you know, uh, we think we solved it, and we're like, you're right, we think we may have solved it. Um, and so you know, the gas station network was kind of born out of like to be uh, joining the meta console and kind of like collaborating and figuring out, uh, you know, what would work and like standardizing it with the rest of the community, right? The really great people, I think, and builders, just mainly because they really understood Web3 that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about building this stuff in like uh, in, in isolation, but connecting with others and figuring out what would make sense for the entire ecosystem, right? Um, so that was kind of like, you know, we kind of, by the end of 2018, we solved most of the problems around our meta transactions. And we didn't really have a problem to work on. Like, until that point, we basically had like countless, like, you know, online working groups, offline working groups. Uh, during DevCon, we took out like we basically had like these meetups that we would like take out restaurants. We would, like signal that we're going to this restaurant and we'd like fill it all up, right? With like just meta transactions, like meta console folks. And that was like kind of the initial like phase in which like meta console was solving something. And but at the same time, it was creating this culture that's very different, I think, uh, to the rest of the Ethereum ecosystem at the point. Because you know, firstly, we were focused on the application layer. Meta transactions are inherently about the user experience, which like I think at that time, you know, like no one was really thinking too heavily about, right? Like just to provide some, you know, uh, I guess, um, uh, contrast, like the first ever, you know, like meetup uh, about like UX for Ethereum happened like in earlier that year in uh, Toronto, the first ever UX unconference, right? And, you know, everyone got so excited about that because it's like, holy shit, we're thinking about user experience. And like, you know, that group, that Telegram group only formed like late, 
to mid-April of 2018, right? Like, you know, that was considered to be pretty late. Um, so we were focused on the application layer, but also the third thing was just like, a lot of the people are part of MetaCartel, right? Earlier on, weren't like insiders of Ethereum. I would say that most of us were actually people who came in kind of at the top of like the, the hype cycle, right? And we all kind of got dumped on and we just stayed behind and we figured that, you know, we want to like work in this space and we want to build stuff, right? So we were not very clickish. Uh, I think I, will, I think I would say the Ethereum community is generally very clickish. And I feel like we were generally like a bunch of misnomers and we we're like, let's create our own memes, let's create our own group, you know, and like, yeah. I think that was like kind of what seeded this group and made it, I guess, you know, it's separate, kind of, you know, uh, it created its own identity versus just like being part of another working group within your career, right? Understood. Um, and, and right now, when, when say I go to Meta Cartel's website, I see, uh, you know, Venture DAO, Meta Cartel DAO, there's a game. Uh, obviously, you have your own podcasts as well. Um, sort of linked to it i would say how do you define what meta cartel is doing right now like um and there's so many interesting things that we can get into right like but uh, maybe yeah. we can start off by like yeah what what it is doing right now so it used to be a technical working group right uh and i guess you know in 2019 it was the next phase of what meta cartel was was this community of different builders and application layer right and we you know we wanted to we basically ended up building this grand scale right that would just fund uh, projects and you know on the application layer the experimenting with new use cases right so it was really a DAO but in the latter stage of 2019 we started to almost like naturally uh, distribute and decentralize into many different and spread out and branch out into many different projects right that's why you see like projects with like meta in front of it right like metacultural ventures or aka venture DAO, meta factory you know metagame etc like um they were kind of like they're all Project started by Metacartel community members, but you know, uh, with a different niche and focus, right? So I would say that Metacartel is just a generalized community um, with its own very set, specialized, you know, and specific set of values, focused on building stuff in Ethereum. And then you know, you look deep into that into different nodes of this like group, right? Um, I guess what ties Metacartel together is like we share similar values together in terms of like you know we don't like to take ourselves too seriously. We like to move fast and build things. We like to experiment. Right. Um, we, we, you know, uh, this was like a very different energy. It felt like, you know, compared to like the infrastructure for us uh, attitude in like 2018. Right. And I think like it's much more, it's not as interesting as today, but, you know, uh, we felt like, you know, we needed to push this like spirit of in, like in, innovating, just building stuff for the sake of building and like and trying different things. Right. And, and doing things for the lulls <laughs> sometimes too. Right. Um, that, I think that's a big part of Metacartel and it's like embodied by the logo. Right. It's just like, you know, we do stupid stuff, you know, every now and then, you know, why? Because, you know, like, why not, right? Um, I think that's a big part of the community culture and uh, it's reflective of the different projects we've gone on to like just, uh, I guess, build, right? So for, for us, say the Meta Cartel DAO, um, you have like already given, you give small um, like grants, right? Like in terms of value. Um, but but the number I, I think is quite high, right? Like you have funded uh, given grants and, and it's mostly about uh, engaging with the projects. I assume that um, maybe connecting with other people who are working on something similar or uh, trying to get them traction and stuff. Yeah, I, I think, you know, so Medical DAO was formed, you know, and like well, the idea was first conceived, like, you know, in April, right? When like, you know, 
I try to join Moloch DAO, uh, the first, you know, like kind of Grantsgiving DAO on Ethereum. And like, I wasn't allowed to join because I was too poor. And so like we forked, you know, like after immediately, you know, we like, we forked it. And we're like, we're gonna do it ourselves, right? And I mind you, like Metacontin was trying to build a DAP incubator for most of early 2019, but was failing to really get it off the ground, right? So it's like very capital intensive, like, you know, no one was really thinking about that, in, you know, back then. So I think like when the opportunity came around to be like the first bulk of Moloch DAO and just only do grants as like this MVP, it made a lot of sense, you know, like what could go wrong? You know, like let's do it for fun. You know, it'll be funny at least, you know. Um, yeah, and I guess we launched with like just like 700 ETH, uh, you know, sponsored by a bunch of like companies in the space as, you know, like from Matic to the Spank chain to like Graph, et cetera, Enosis and like, yeah, and different like, you know, I guess people, different like donors in the community, such as like, you know, Jamie Fitz, Alec Vincent, who are like, and you know, who are like huge supporters. And they really just wanted to see like first DAO and more DAO experimentation. But secondly, like they kind of believe that like, I think, you know, to some extent, Metacontrol would be able to use these funds effectively, right? In a community driven way, uh, you know, to push the application layer forward. And so, uh, yeah, we, we give a lot of small grants, right? You know, we give grants up to $10,000, but many of our grants are like from like, $1,000 to $5,000, right? And the reason for that is simply because it's like, you know, I think even though like we launched this grants now, the purpose of this grants of the very start was to build a community of uh, founders and builders in that application. Like, even though we were building grants, our primary focus was like, um, you know, uh, basically building community, um, curating a group of great like builders with similarly aligned values and fast and experimentation, right? But, you know, we realized that oftentimes it wasn't like money that project needed, projects needed, right? Like sometimes yes for audits and, and, and extending the runway, right? But oftentimes like, it was simply just like helping projects that were fairly unknown and didn't have a voice in the space, you know, find, you know, its initial community members, right? Just like give it a, a boost in awareness and reach. And oftentimes it's like, this, this matters quite a lot for like the earliest projects, right? Like, um, yeah. And so, but, you know, oftentimes it's like, you know, most projects don't need money. They just, they need to figure out where do they get their first thousand users? How do they make their first thousand like dollars in revenue, right? So it wasn't, you know, it just try to do these basic things, right? And be a supportive community that people can be part of. And, you know, like we just try to play these positive games, right? And yeah, like, you know, we didn't think uh, too much of it. You know, we were just like building experimenting, experimenting right? and, and think, and we thought that, you know, we needed uh, the work we were doing, you know, I think we felt like it was important at that time that, you know, those community uh, championing uh, this area, right? You also have a venture DAO, right? Which is, um, which is uh, somewhat tied to a Delaware company from what I could read on the white paper um, in which you make, uh, it's sort of like a VC firm on the DAO or a, like a DAO type VC firm um can can you talk about that as well right so like you know uh, the original DAO was like basically it was just like an investment DAO, right like it was like that would also give grants it was like you know it would like invest into stuff and like people could request funds right that was basically it and obviously it didn't take off so you know in early 2019 right so Moloch DAO was really the uh, four minute mile for DAOs right it was like kind of DAOs are highly theoretical before Moloch DAO and Moloch DAO really showed that you can create DAOs today using very simple code uh, and, and coordinate capital together for many different parties and use it effectively to solve problems, right? Which is like initially core firm infrastructure. And, you know, 
Metacontinental, we saw that as a fork in Ophthalmology to really like apply the same, you know, principles to give grants on the application there, right? And I guess, you know, I guess, you know, like while we were operating this DAO throughout 2019, we realized, you know, this, you know, like DAOs are a great way to distribute capital, right? Um, you know, like just allocate capital for whatever reasons. It's like, you know, we've, you know, the grant sales showed us you can allocate capital wealth for like public goods. And, and I guess, you know, also for just like attracting and funding really interesting experiments, right? Um, the idea of VentureDAO was basically like, can we take this like, you know, Moloch model, right? And create community driven, you know, uh, investment firms, right? So VentureDAO was basically this. And, you know, back in uh, late 2018, it was like, I mean, 19, it was like kind of this idea of like, you know, uh, an, a real operating legal entity as a DAO, you know, was fairly far off, but, you know, we kind of just pulled our heads together and kind of, you know, built it. <laughs> You know, really conceived it and built most of the code as well as you know fought through all the kind of operational edge cases and got the uh, legal drafting of the you know NC like I guess operating agreement for the NC together in 2000 at the end of 2019 and we launched it in like early 2020 this year right and it was really like I guess yeah it, you know it was just like you know we wanted to take the next step forward that was you know logical to us in, in these DAOs right and yeah it's a Delaware LLC. Uh, so you can basically, from the outside, it's really just an LLC, right? Uh, it's no different to any other entity, but internally, uh, I guess, into the governance and asset management, uh, it's it's driven as a DAO where people have voting power and shares, etc. Okay, understood. So when 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 I see that um, there's a news that say uh, Meta Cardale invested in Zapify, right? So that's through the venture DAO arm, right? Correct. Understood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and uh, can you share some like interesting stats uh, that you have uh, seen for the community c- currently in terms of um, people who have number of people who have applied number of people who have gotten grants, uh, geographical trends you can, you have seen. Um, yeah. In terms of grants, you're probably giving grants over like maybe just like under 30 projects now. I lost count, you know, um, and I guess in terms of like the metacostal DAO, the grand scale, it probably has like 120 members, something like that. Like again, it's like reaching dumbbells number, like to some extent. And we have many different DAOs as well. And like personally for me, it's like, you know, I'm, I've completely lost track of like the outer DAOs and who's involved in like, but you know, the the, the kind of like floating around, like and I see them, see people, you know, all around. In terms of like, you know, the wider metacultural community, including like probably members and associates, associated individuals to all the different outlier DAOs, as well as the core like DAOs, I'd probably say it's like, it's hard to quantify, but you know, it's, it'd be hard to imagine no less than like five, six hundred people who are kind of like in these DAOs, right? Collectively, uniquely. Um, and, you know, I think like that's a really interesting network that we're like, you know, this network of people, like we're not aligned by like, we're not tied together by hierarchy, right? We're really tied together by this idea of like the shared set of values and like, you know, these different like ringleaders who are all like all share like, you know, alignment with this like these key pieces of like manifesto, right? <laughs> you know, um, that that we kind of do have, um, yeah. And I guess for Venture you know, we've had like we have just under under seventy down members. You know, we have like recently when Eve was like above four hundred dollars, we were like managing about. <laughs> You know, uh, just over five mil, like five and four mil, in asset management, and you know, we've had like, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine, 
like investments so far. Um, yeah, like that's kind of like the overview, I guess. And you know, there's obviously still like, uh, you know, I'm mostly plugged into medical, I guess, medical ventures nowadays, right? And less plugged into stuff like Raid Guild, you know, the dev shop uh, operated by Medicartel, Medifactory, you know, the basically uh, a kimchi run project with an experiment of kimchi driven brands and apparel um, and digi, uh, digi, uh, digi goods, right? I guess it's like virtual, like virtualized ownership of like items and collector items and uh, metagame, et cetera. And just like Whaler Dow, like, yeah, I mean, Whaler Dow's, you know, kind of like. I guess it's not part of, I guess you could say it's associated with the ecosystem. Like, you know, Whale is basically this initiative started by a Medicartel DAO member called Zephram. And what he's trying to do is just basically like push, so push for like a social good agendas, right? And DeFi, right? Where, you know, perhaps it's like you get DeFi protocols to like pledge like 1% of its like treasury or reserves, right? To like Bitcoin uh, funding or like to charities, right? Uh, to align itself, right? Um, yeah, but you know that's kind of like a go-to, I guess. Okay, now now let's actually move to your uh, new role uh, at One Cakes, and I actually want to talk about the VC ecosystem. Have you have you seen about Fair Launch and um, like did you see uh, like there's Fair Launch Capital and people are talking about Fair Launches and stuff. Um, what what do you think about that? Because uh, you you sort of recently joined a VC firm. Um, for what sort of thesis do you have for? um how vcs will evolve in the in the space currently given um you know that the currently what i've seen is that the tokens that are pumping at least you know they have this uh theme that okay no vc investment or very less uh token or dev share or vc share yeah uh, they're great like you know um if like if fair launches are how we get more like whiteys to come along like please please, you know, like, let's do more of them, right? Um, yeah, like, from an investor standpoint, it's like, yeah, like, I don't think uh, venture investing really changes. It's like, you know, venture investing is all about, like, you know, um, I guess funny things that, like, you know, create massive impact, right? Um, I don't really, like, you know, fair launches don't really change that. If anything, they make, you know, these options to invest more abundant, right? Um, that's why, you know, like, imagine, if, like, every weekend we could, like, find another wifey, like, you know, like that'd be amazing, right? From an investor standpoint, right? Because it's like, um, I think, and I think that's like the missing ingredient that like many projects lacked to, you know, like really struggle to like create, which is like a sense of ownership, right? Over a project. And I think fair launches help us get that. I think, you know, just like distributing tokens to anyone, I don't believe in that. I think like 2017 was basically the similar concept, right? It's like, we're gonna do public launches, random instant strangers get the, you know, kind of get equal access, right? And I think the equal access is important and valuable, but I think it's also very important who your token holders are in a, in a network and a community, right? Because it's like, you know, that's like the difference between like your token holders wanting to play positive some games and versus just like, you know, defecting every time there's an economic opportunity, right, to do so. Um, so I do think like that's important, right? I mean, that's why you, have, you see all these like food coin forks that are like not very too interesting that, you know, where people just dumping straight away when there's liquidity and, you know, it's not, it's probably, it's just like, it's repetitive, it's repetitive and I guess it's like, it's representative of what we've already seen before. It's nothing too interesting, but I think, you know, uh, then you have really interesting experiments, right? Like, you know, like Yams is called Sushi, et cetera, that kind of like uh, take their launches and they kind of use them as like these like 
epic, I guess, you know, economic like weapons of mass, you know, decentralization almost, right? It's like that, like, that can like cause havoc in these DeFi ecosystems, right? And I don't, so in terms of like, you know, investors, I think like if you think about investors, right? I think, um, so uh, I guess, you know, previously, you know, they've had like this advantage just in having early access, right? Uh, I, I guess it's like you've had some, it's like, a, yeah, I agree. It's like unfair that like, and I also think it's one-sided that, you know, for like, I, and I also don't think it's very decentralized for like one investor to like take 20% of a network's tokens, right? And buy them like at you know, insanely cheaper price than everyone else in the market, right? And I think, you know, um, that sort of unfair play in regards to like how you, in regards to the relationship with your user communities, you know, I, I think those are going to be short lasting ones, you know, and, and I think the, you know, the fact that SushiSwap exists is an example of the uh, market responding to these like, you know, injustices or like, you know, I guess, you know, unfair launches, right, if you will, or unfair allocations of the network. I do think that, you know, I don't believe that like everything should be a fair launch, obviously, like, you know, like it takes capital and money and time energy to like get you know, not only the audits done, but like to just like build really interesting new things, right? It's like, that's hard work. And, you know, the incentives need to be there, right? And obviously you can argue that like fail launches, you just like vote yourself rewards after in, but it's like, you know, um, I guess if that works, great. Uh, you know, but oftentimes it's like, if you need like significant sums of working capital and also not only like working capital, but like useful like partners to work with in the ecosystem, I think you're, you're, you're likely gonna see most projects you know, uh, you know, wanting to take on capital for this reason, right? And I think like, I think, uh, I guess it's like, you know, you can shout out investors all day, but at the end of the day, it's also like founders who want to like raise this money, right? And I think, you know, what, what like the reasons why SushiSwap is good for the ecosystem and things, you know, it, it's like aside from all the drama, right? I think it's like SushiSwap is an example of the fair market, like, and, and like the open market responding and saying like, this is unfair. We're gonna like, you know, we're gonna put a token in, we're gonna like create, you know, these token network effects and we're gonna, you know, uh, try to like outcompete you because we think you're, you know, you're, you're too, you're, you're moving too slowly. We think you're not, you know, fairly distributing ownership to the community. And so we're just gonna do that for you, right? Um, so I think that's interesting in that way is, and I think uh, it, it will be pushing, you know, uh, projects in space to become Daryl. I think fairness is a spectrum. I don't think it's like black and white, you know, I think that, uh, the days of event uh, of investor of like a you know big uh, Silicon Valley investor say you know like kind of taking like twenty percent of a project's network you know would no longer be the case. I think that's a negative anti signal now, and I think we're going to see smaller funding rounds uh, with like better distributions to like larger groups of people, and, and and like I I think yeah I think that's pushing the industry to definitely become much more distributed distributed, and I guess. Uh, decentralized to some extent, right? Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. In terms of say numbers, right? Like what percentage do you think, um, what percentage range is fine for investors to have? And and the difference between say VCs buying in crypto and in normal startups is that, you know, that here their liquidation is really fast. So for, for VCs, um, essentially, uh, there is if if the project succeeds even slightly right then there's they they get back their money uh i think very easily like that's what does happen with many the projects um so yeah given given that uh, keeping that in mind like uh, that the liquidity the the liquidity is instant 
and you know mostly like when say vcs are investing in normal startups the returns they are looking for are like you know either zero or you know 10x 50x or something like that's usually their thesis so what what sort of thesis do you think uh, vcs should have in crypto as well like um it doesn't change so so like yeah. Just because there's liquidity early on, I don't think any investors like investing for like two to three X's or five X's. I think, you know, yeah, I don't think any venture investor in the space is doing that. Like, I think like, you know, uh, still, it's still the same game of like, you invest into really high impact projects that, you know, kind of give you outsized returns, right? Um, you know, like, and I think like this is like narrative, like VC's dump. It's like, um, you know, I can't, yeah, I would say that it's not entirely unfair. Like, there's some investors, you know, uh, in the space that like do jump, right? And, and you know, on the open market. Right? But I think like there's a misnomer that like everyone in this market, you know, is allocating capital, right? Whether you're public or private investor, right? And I think you know how you sell also matters as well. Like, you know, whether it's like offloading your position OTC or just like completely, you know, dumping on the market, right? And I think at what levels? And you know, to some extent, it's like most investors, you know, uh, are not investing like for quick flip, right? The, you know, that's not how the economics of a fund works, right? Uh, so I think that's like a misnomer. Um, yeah, like, you know, for example, it's like, with fair launches, it's like, you know, in, investors might, you know, participate as well, but it's like, you know, the, most of the investors who are, I think, you know, it might be like, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's like, it's either, it's not a, a binary thing, right? Um, yeah. What sort of trends are you seeing currently um, in 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 VC uh, in crypto? Um, uh, like, investor have are, are investors now so, sort of thinking about these things uh, and trying to uh, you know uh, given the sushi swap drama and and now some other other projects also um, ha- has that change already happened in terms of how the rounds are getting priced and in the terms of, in terms of the percentage they are taking. I definitely say that, you know, it's on a lot of founders minds right now, uh, in terms of like, you know, the, the threat of like forking as well as to investors. It's very well, I think like I'm very highly cognizant of it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's just pushing people to think more about like, how do you like have fairer distributions, right? Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, now, now let's talk about DeFi related stuff. Uh, since you you are you know investing right now, so you'd be most probably looking at DeFi, right? Like, um, or what 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 other areas are you looking at in, in that that you find interesting? Um, is it NFTs, D- DeFi, um, and and stuff? Yeah, I, you know, I think you know heavily looking into NFTs and like uh, Benchel uh, and one case combined. I guess we've made investments into uh, the NFT space. And so I think like there's interesting opportunities there just simply because, you know, I think there's a lot of um, value that's just like that, don't, that at the moment doesn't have a lot of liquidity. Um, and, you know, once you kind of like, you know, introduce tools for like enabling a more fluid liquidity of like NFT value, right? In this, in the NFT space, I think like you can find some, you can like, I think there's a really interesting like, you know, um, ecosystem that that's yet to be like, you know, um, it's yet to, I guess, flourish to some extent. Like DeFi, I think, you know, DeFi only like the first piece of the puzzle for DeFi, right? It's like, um, I, you know, I would describe it like it's a Sudoku puzzle. You know, you, you can't solve all of it, all these, like, you can't look at one corner and solve it all at once, right? You have to like, you know, solve a few, you know, empty boxes here, and then you, then you unlock new boxes to solve, right? Through deduction. 
Uh, and it's like it's composable and dependent, like dependencies, like all like kind of function like that in DeFi and crypto in general, right? So like DeFi, you know, uh, Dai was figured out, like you know, like stablecoins, like oh, like can make a DAO walk, and then like then lending markets existed, right? Like like ETH Lend was trying to like solve lending before stablecoins, and like that didn't like really work too well, just ETH, right? Um, but then like you know, Compound and like you know, Ave came out, and I think like um, yeah, it's like. DeFi became pretty powerful once you had like the right, you know, composable systems that started to like leverage other, right? In in these like in ways where it's like the utility like exponentially increases uh, past a certain point, right? I mean, like Yearn's a good example of that. I think it's the same thing with deep uh, with NFTs, right? It's like when you have once you have enough like composable like economic systems that like work very well with each other, right? Um, you'll see it take up a lot more. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, so any predictions for DeFi in terms of, uh, yeah, locked value or uh, that that you feel how, uh, like where will we go from here? We already have, I think currently eight billion or so locked. Um, do, do you see that number increasing? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like I don't really think too much about like predictions of what will happen. Uh, I don't know, like. Um, I'm much more in the weeds in the ground. I'm trying to like figure out how to, have, you know, I'm thinking about like kind of a lot about the operational like challenges of like running like community DAOs and ownerships. Like, you know, like most of my last year and a half to two years was just like coordinating DAOs. So I'm trying to figure out like, you know, um, mostly like investing and in exploring projects and like based on like which like communities like and which founders and which builders are like able to build a real private community, right? Because right now it's like, and this DeFi hype cycle, everything's still like going well, like numbers are going up and like it seems easy. And like it, it doesn't seem like you really like, you know, there's like DeFi projects with like forums, which are like pretty empty, you know, like into the like DAO like governance forums, which are pretty empty. And, you know, that's fine for now. But I think like when there's a town, downturn again, I think there's a real like question of like, Oh, is there a real community of that, right? Just like 2017, I think, right? So nothing really like how did the behavior doesn't really change. And it's kind of revert back towards like, you know, building real communities that like are able to uh, to, I guess, you know, help operate a network right? and participate in a, in a meaningful way, right? So it's like, yeah, uh, you know, just giving out tokens is not enough to build a community. You know, like we learned that, you know, when you know, people are just it's the same uh, economic frenzy once again, right? And I think, you know, again, um, you know, building communities about like being people focused and like uh, understand like highlight and kind of like going far, like this is Medicartel's like slogan, right? It's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think that applies very well with DAOs because it's like, you, you make the trade-off of like community governance, uh, right? Where, and, and community ownership. It's like, obviously like you can make better fast decisions potentially with like centralized governance, right? Um, but you don't have that. You, you make the trade off at the cost of community ownership, right? And I think you know, a lot of the projects right now are kind of you know, such I you know probably is to like you know, they, they yet to figure out the realities of what it takes to build a community. Um, so I think that's going to be fun. There's yeah. going to be a few ghost towns, you know. Uh, I, I, I my guess, you know, like in a year or two, mm -hmm. uh, or after like a hype cycle, like like always, right? Yeah, in, in terms of governance, like, uh, are you following like what these token projects are doing? And like, I think there's recently we have like Pickle Finance, right? Uh, they are doing some quadratic voting uh, stuff, which which is which is interesting. 
not not foolproof i would say uh, because people can you know split their uh, addresses uh, like split their uh, money in different addresses and vote um but yeah what what uh, have, have you seen some interesting uh, things tried out in governance in defi currently yeah the fund science projects but you know like um you know i would say that there's not many like real communities like my definition of community is like people who, like have a shared common value and like you know are here for more than just like a transactional reason right most people in you know in all these projects are just like there for transactional reasons i, I think they're not they're, they're short lasting and they won't last or you know fade away over time um so i think that it's fun that you know i think it's great people experimenting but you know it's nothing real i, I would say you know wifey is definitely something interesting because it's like you have a real community organization that's forming right uh, around andre and they're like operate i think dx style is very interesting in a similar way as well um you know sushi could become interesting but you know regardless of the drama right um but you know yeah i think again that's like you know do people actually care about this beyond just like getting rich right like you know i think that's what in, in many ways you know in in a bear market it's very easy like it's easier to like filter through the noise right um because it's like people are there to like you know people like only community, like crypto communities during like the last like two years were kind of awesome i think right because it's like yeah. you know it's like the only reason you'd be there is just because you really had right um and I think right now it's like there's a ton of noise and I think it's really hard to build trust and build long lasting relationships when you have all these like uh when you when you have these like you know economic like you know reasons to defect and like you know be distracted right and you know float about right um yeah understood um also I wanted to talk about uh what sort of geographical trends are you seeing uh in terms of projects that are getting built um so since i'm from india you know i i now i've seen with matic and couple of other projects uh they they have sort of seeded the ecosystem um but but yeah overall the innovation i would say majority is still happening in the west right like and and the users are you know are in the east i would say like the chinese and the korean uh, communities are quite big and um but but yeah what what sort of geographical trends i have you seen in terms of uh projects that are coming interesting projects and innovations uh technically that are happening in crypto i'd still say i'm so pretty sheltered by the western ecosystem like the us and european ecosystem i've seen definitely a lot of founders for exmatic in india which are like i think pretty great uh, uh you know because it's like i think matic just like you know they were kind of a flagship like indian like the crypto project right and they kind of like seeded all this talent by like basically training them up right i feel like they're like the consensus of like india right um in a, in a similar way right you have like consensus like spawning off these different projects and ex consensus folks right i think you know we're probably going to see you know the upskilling of like you know ecosystems through this means but like each ecosystem finds like a flagship you know crypto project that does really well they take on all the new and new local talent right and they kind of like help uh onboard them into crypto i think we're probably going to see a similar trend of that um otherwise i think china's you know defi ecosystem is also just like getting started i think you know um yeah there's there's some really smart people uh, that you know are starting to build super interesting things and i think as like the incentives just like start increasing right you know more and more folks will start like thinking about like you know things about like defi that um 
yeah, uh, you know, aside from that, nothing too interesting to be honest. And still very insulated. You know, all the deals I've been seeing, it's just like, um, you know, obviously very global, right? But you know, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would have too much to say there. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Uh, and uh, thanks uh, for coming on the call, Peter. And it was great chatting with you. And uh, we did we did cover many things. Um, and uh, I hope to see you soon. And I hope you make great investments um, in, in this bull run and in the future as well. Bull runs suck, by the way, uh, because it's like everything's like just overpriced. Not overpriced, but it's like, you know, I think like there's like the good and bad side, right? It's like, you know, yes, it's like a lot more people are trying to build, but I think, you know, um, people get distracted by like the price and, you know, they, they forget like why we're really here in the first place, right? Like it's a build like, you know, it's a build permissionless like protocols and technologies that like, you know, can change and reshape like, you know, behavior, right? Um, and, and like kind of like, you know, yeah, like it's about creating new games for like, you know, uh, us to play, right? No, you know, maybe for us, it's just us playing these games, right? But maybe it's like, you know, more, more people, right? Um, so I think like, I think it's really important to just like remember like why we're here and why we're building, what we're doing it for. And, you know, like I, that might sound like, you know, like kind of like, why, you know, who cares? But, you know, but I think like that's going to differentiate like, you know, the builders that stick around like, and just like tough it out, you know, versus ones who, I guess, you know, I, I don't blame it. It's like here for the economic potential. Like, yeah, um, I, I think, you know, and then you can't say, and it's non-binary, right? It's like, you know, I think you have to be, um, the, the, yeah, it's like, I think bull markets suck in a way for investors because there's a lot of noise and, you know, you don't know, like, uh, it's not as clear to like the, the intentions of different, like, you know, builders, right? Not saying like you don't trust them, but it's like, I think you're betting for intentions a lot more uh, carefully there and for track record, right? Um, yeah, like in 2017, we saw a lot of people just like come in the space, you know, for money, like for basically money grabbing reasons, right? You know, like Web2 companies coming in and being like, we're, we're crypto now, right? And we're probably going to see that with DeFi, right? Um, so I think like it's really about like, um, yeah, I, I'm very excited to like back more like crypto native focus, like, you know, builders, right? Um, who are trying to build the right things, you know, for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I think uh, I think it, it's sort of like a funnel as well that, you know, that if say uh, in the beer market, 100 people are coming and, you know, say 90 were good in the bull market, 1000 people are coming and say 200 are, you know, uh, right. are, are going to. Yeah, stay. I mean, that's the, that, that is a side effect, right? I mean, I, I joined from the last bull market where like, I was yeah, like, what the hell is going on here? You know, I'm like, well, you know, I want to, I want to join in the party. I'll, this seems interesting, right? And I guess, you know, I got sucked down the rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. Good. Great chatting.